This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. That is the place where every single Sunday you get a whole nother says who. Me and Maureen talking about whatever. If you are a five or $10 a month backer, and if you are that $10 a month backer, you also get a sticker in the mail from us every single month as a member of the Says Who Sticker Club. It's a good deal. It's a good time. Sign on up at patreon.com slash says who. Dan, have you heard about the latest and greatest trend in reading? Uh, no, I sure haven't. Books. Ooh, tell me more. Books are things, Dan, and I can have them because I've some have written and you too. So do it. It's books that I, I, Dan, I've been talking a lot this week. It's all right. You're doing great. Am I? Yeah, you're selling that book. I got more recordings this week than I did last week. So I'm just talking all the time, Dan. But books, uh, the Box in the Woods is coming on June 15th. And And Hello Cruel Heart is here. Is here. And Your Guide to Not Getting Murdered in a Quaint English Village is coming in September. I'm going to have information soon on the Box and Woods pre-order and the Says Who Book Club special edition. Uh, it's on the Discord that's coming up that's private yeah. just for our Says Who listeners. Um, it's the year of Johnson. Also, this will come out on Wednesday. Tonight, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, I'm having an online uh, discussion of Hello Cruel Heart with Dana Schwartz and there's details on my Twitter on my website and just click to get in it's no big deal you just go clickety click anyway books you know what else you can do clickety click with you what? can clickety click your way over to merch.sayswhopodcast.com and clickety click your way into getting some says who shirts and mugs and other stuff and if you are one of the pre-mentioned Patreon supporters at five or ten dollars a month, you also get a discount over there at merch.sayswhopodcast.com every single month. What a deal! Merch.sayswhopodcast.com. We've got stuff. Got that Vax 2 coming up. Gonna make that list. What are you doing, Dan? I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry, Maureen. I am almost ready to go. I'm just finishing up this. Vax 2 list, all the stuff I'm going to do with that Vax 2. Oh, well, you know, the lift down, the lockdown was just lifted in the UK. They were locked down for about four months. It was listed. So I watched footage today of there were people out on the streets. They're at pubs. They're at restaurants. They're partying. They're going to stores. They're getting their hair. What are you doing, Dan? What are you going to? I'm going to go to the dentist. Okay. Yeah. You're going to go out party? You're going to surf? Gonna, gonna... Yeah, I'm going to take the car to the shop because we knocked one of the windshield wiper fluid things off, cleaning snow off it this winter. Going to really just step out. Okay. Let like it loose, you okay, know? Okay, you're going to get some food or a party or you're going to hang out, do something? You no, know, I might go to the grocery store and uh-huh. pick up like some uh, meat meat yeah yeah. what about fun like fun stuff yeah you know gonna just lots of fun gonna you know gonna gonna sit in the yard okay gonna maybe look out the window dan hey dan fun you're you're not ready yet are you uh no me either Um, says who? The podcast that's not a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I am Dan Sinker. And I am Maureen Johnson. Maureen Johnson. Hey, Dan. Right before, up until 1.29, I was um, snarfing down my lunch because I have a bunch of recordings this afternoon, so I had to make sure to eat, so I was Shoving spaghetti spaghettis in my face. <laughs> Gotta get those spaghettis in. It was leftover spaghettis and zoodles, like the zucchini noodles. I was like, 
<laughs> I was like, there's nothing more elegant than sitting at your desk, quickly eating microwave leftover spaghettis. Is this a brand name or are you just being I'm cute just, about the word spaghetti? Spaghettis. Oh, no, he dropped his spaghettis. <laughs> all right. Actually, you look like you're all put together right now. I have half my makeup on. No. Half. All right. Just the eyes. Just just half your face? Yeah, and not even all of it. Like just just the left half. Dan, I ordered some of these goddamn magnetic lashes and they have not arrived and it has been weeks. A magnetic lash. Yeah, it's like artificial eyelashes that you that are attached with magnets. And what, I what part what are the mag what are they magnetized to? Magnetized eyeliner. Whoa. <laughs> That is some fucking future shit. It's pretty common, Dan. But yeah, magnetized eyeliner goes. Thump. Some wow. of them, are, some of them are dual level and they magnetize to each other. But the magnetized eyeliner is pretty common now. Could you just like stick notes to your face that way? I don't think so. It's it's a very weak. You know, it's very it's very small. But then you just go. I'm really bad at putting all these things on. Like every time I've ever tried in the past to put them on, I like put them on here or like my middle of my. It's so hard. I don't know how people do it, but every once in a while I get another pair and go, this time will be different. And then I try to put them on once and then I angrily throw them in the garbage and say never again. And then your face just sticks to other things. You just can't, you're peeling it off the fridge for the rest of the day. Yeah. Well, actually, Dan, I have one of those fridges that nothing sticks to. Yeah, me too. And it's such a disappointment to me because I love nothing more than a fridge magnet. Same. Yeah, we have a we have a nothing sticks to it fridge except for our own greasy ass palms. You know what I did? What? I got a roll of um, the stick on dry erase board stuff. Yeah, and I stuck it on there so we can uh, write all the over. Fridge. It. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I like it. I might switch it out for some uh, chalkboard style. Ooh, a little roll of it. Yeah. You know, I uh, I had a. Instagram ad run at me, decided to stop trying to sell me ladies underpants mm -hmm. and decided instead to sell me $200 cans of whiteboard paint. And I was like, people, I'm not born yesterday. I'm not buying your $200 whiteboard paint. I could buy a fucking whiteboard for less than that. And then you looked at it some more? No, but I do keep thinking about all the things I'd like to put whiteboards on. There's also, I, I, I really like the uh, chalkboard paint. <laughs> yeah, we have chalkboard paint. The trick of chalkboard paint is you have to be really good at applying it super smooth or else it's all kind of pitted like a normal paint and it's very hard to erase. That's okay. been my experience. Oh, no. Everything's ruined for me now. Well, I mean, you can do it. <laughs> just takes a different type of like we were doing it with a normal house roller. I think you need to do it with a much, much smoother roller. But it means we have a we have a section of our dining room uh, wall. The only section that is not covered with the five year olds bird drawings at this point um, that is chalkboard paint. But it is um, it is a lot of chalk that never fully erases off. So it's sort of a gray gray tone section of our wall. This has been Chalkboard Talking with Dan and Maureen. This has been Wall Talk. I've been doing a lot of uh, kind of quick interviews this last weekend. So there's a, did one yesterday where I had to give a gratitude moment. What the? I'll be honest with you, Dan. I think the one I did yesterday may have been an oversight that it was, it was. Uh... <laughs> what? What? are you talking about yeah i ended up on it, it, i don't even know what it was but um the person interviewing me thought i was a stand-up comedian mm, and um, perfect no <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing better than that they asked me what what newspaper articles i had written that got me the job writing corella and i had to explain it kind of wasn't a job and i didn't write newspaper articles but yeah I like the idea that Disney is just looking at the newspaper and somebody writes a real hey, who's real this kid? laugher of a column and they're like, there's our new author. Who's this? Who's this little firecracker? Can I ask <laughs> you a question that's sort of unrelated? Why sure. do we still say the word co-ed? Do we? Yeah, people say it all the time. 
Uh, well, that's because we're talking about ladies that go to college. Yeah. Like what? Every, that's why. I hear that. Because it's it. a novel idea. And then there was a co-ed. I'm like, what? I'm sorry. Are you calling from the 50s? Like what? <laughs> I don't understand, but I hear it a it's lot. A, it's a co-educational institution, Maureen. Mm. Still a novel idea. They let ladies in? Let me tell you a college, co-educational college story, Maureen, which is uh, I'm affiliated, loosely affiliated with the university here in the Chicago area. And mostly what that seems to mean is that I'm on a ma mailing list that I literally can't unsubscribe to. Mm. Uh, it, it is not allowed. I cannot unsubscribe. I, I would need to have this affiliation removed, apparently, to un be unsubscribed from this mailing list. So I see a lot of things that I really don't care that much about. Uh, but one that did make me kind of do a double blink when I thought about the implications involved. They were talking about they will be, they have been uh, almost all remote. They never opened dorms this, this year at all. Um, and... So they were talking about how they are planning a return in the fall and that, that one of that part of that return will be uh, the orientation week is going to be double length. And that is because they are going to offer an orientation for sophomores because they have never been on campus. Why? Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So like one week is freshman orientation and the second week is sophomore orientation because they have never stepped foot on their college campus. That's, that's a real, like that is a kind of a, I, I know that it's not the most, it's a real gut punch. Just the thought, yeah. like one of your, you know, the whole going to college thing is just never, it was the right thing to do, but it's. Yeah, but it, 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 weird. it caught me in a way that was. That's weird. Unexpected. Cause yeah. it was just like, I can. In my head, I get the idea that, okay, nobody was, you know, especially freshmen, nobody came. And, but like, oh, right. Yeah. You kind of have to orient everyone to actually doing this. And they have already done it for a year. Also, equally weird is that the teen uh, who is going to be going into his junior year in the fall, uh, and that also likely will be in person. He still has yet to have completed a full year of high school in the actual building. Because all of sophomore year was at home. All of sophomore year was at home. So freshman uh, year, all it, of sophomore year. Yeah, they ended it, you know, the in March of his freshman year. So all of sophomore year at home. So his first full year, hopefully, of high school will be his junior year of high school. When um, When is his sophomore year over? Next month. Yeah, end of May. What a weird year. Right? It's very weird. We have, we haven't actually made any plans yet, but we have tentatively said that this is, that we will be able to go see Oscar's family. Yeah. I have looked at flights, like physically been like, I went on the webpage, was like, there's Oh, I thought you meant like you went to LaGuardia and I just, just sat went, there watching planes was, take off. I did. And I was like, I'm not sure if I trust this technology yet. Yeah. It's weird. And They're real heavy. Yet yeah, they are. That they they move go in the, the air. air. Yeah. I think the first time I get on a plane, I'm going to spend the whole time sitting there screaming, I'm on a plane. I'm on a plane. I'm on a plane. But um, I said, you know, we think we know when we might be able to go in the yeah. summer because Oscar's work closes for a bit. And oh, okay. we're like, that's wow. The summer. Yeah, possibly. I mean, it's he, his work because of the way it's structured and the company and the country it runs out of, they have a, like a mandatory, they just close business for two weeks okay. in the summer because they're European and civilized and, yeah. uh, they give people time off to enjoy the summer. Um, so that's when we always try to go. Yeah. So I started looking for flights then. And I was like, you know, I wonder if we shouldn't just kind of put a pin in some of these seats. Right. Because I think that once things really open up, there will be no flights or they'll start. Might I don't get know. Wild. Yeah. yeah. But I kind of couldn't believe it. I was like, I think maybe we should at least reserve some seats. The, and it, did you? 
No, not yet. Because okay. he's also well. We're also in the middle of getting him his green card. So like, there's a lot of moving oh, parts. Okay. Yeah, but uh, we haven't seen his family. Well, at that point, we won't have seen his family in two years. So we, oh wow, we're yeah. like, you know, we got, we have to get there. You know, is when we can get there. We need to get there. The last time you saw his family, the UK was a part of the EU. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Mm-hmm. The UK was, uh, yes, because the yeah. officially it happened on, um, the end of. Uh, Whatever year that was, 2019. <laughs> Whatever year. One of the before years. It's all a blur now when I, def- I think about yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've been thinking about my haircut recently. I was like, oh, yeah, my haircut. And I realized that why it was so time significant, it's because you can physically see your hair grow. Right. You're like, oh, I can take a handful of this stuff and be like, here's some time. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I famously I did cut it and cut my knuckle off. I say famously yeah. in my own head. Um, I talked about it here. I bought a pair of nice proper cutting shears and within twenty seconds I cut my knuckle off. It seems like like a floby is more your speed. You can't floby long hair, Dan. I was trying to get rid of these little like you try to like if you don't trim the ends of long hair, they get all split and snavely. Right. So I, but they're so sharp that we just like you brushed it and it was like, Foop! and then no, I was no knuckle Johnson all of a sudden. No knuckle John, all those knuckle tats you had just went out the window. And then I had the claw for a while. So then, but it's healed nicely. Well, I have, I'm glad, I glad got, to hear that. I got two scars during COVID. I got that. And the first week I dropped my computer on my foot. In a weird way. Right. I remember that. And it's split. That I've, feels like a long time ago. Yeah. I just, it just, I got up from, I've been working in the living room because Oscar was working from home. This is a boring story, you guys, but Oscar was working from home. I worked in the living room to try to keep the dog quiet. And I jumped up and my laptop slid off my lap and just hit my foot in a weird way. Right. That kind of just split it open like a big inch long split. And I kind of home treated it like a, like a civil war person like well i'll fashion a bandage out of some homespun and i'll cook up something on the stove to maybe heal my foot dear mother my foot is still not healed i expect it will soon please send more apples yours maureen so i actually have a sick like a really cool scar on my foot from it like a real proper long line that were but it did heal but um yeah, they're like, I'm like, where'd you get those scars, Johnson? That knuckle one. And well, I cut off my knuckle with a pair of uh, hair scissors, and then I dropped the computer on my foot. And I healed it with an onion tincture. And then I wrapped it in a homespun and <clears throat> put a I put a slice of apple on it, and gosh darn it, it didn't heal it, but it smelled nice like an apple pie in my shoe. <laughs> so I'm fine, Dan. Give my gratitude moment. What was your gratitude moment? Dan, I'm going to be really honest with you guys. I believe yesterday I was interviewing with a guy who who runs an SAT prep essay business who also gives motivational speeches to CEOs, except I'm not sure any CEOs are. I, I don't know what I, I don't know what it was, Dan, that I did. But I definitely did it and was sitting there thinking, ah, I'm sort of done a little bit. <laughs> was your gratitude moment that you were done? I don't. You're re- just not going to tell us, are no. you? Mm-mm. No. It's only for his special listeners. Yeah. There, there, was a, there were a lot of motivational posters in the background. Wow. You know, just signs that said, great. Just great? Yep. <laughs> okay. Just feeling great. Not even feeling great. Just looking at it. and fe- But you feel great when you look at it because it says great. You look at it and you feel confused. <laughs> oh, Maureen Johnson. Hi, Dan. 
We are recording this on Tuesday the 13th. If you are uh, if you're a jump right on a kind of listener, you listen to it on Wednesday. And just before we re- started recording, the CDC and the FDA announced that there was a pause on the J&J vax and the Johnson & Johnson. <sighs> Not great. No. It's my favorite vax. Of I mean, all it, of them. It's been I was a rough, always a big J and J fan. It's a rough go for Johnson and Johnson after somebody put a put a tube of gravy into the mix and fucked up fifteen million doses. Yeah, yeah. It turns out doing global scale medical development at a pace that no one has ever done it before is uh is hard. Who knew? Um, but yeah, so what we know is that, uh, there have been six known cases of, um, blood clots associated with having received the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Um, all of the cases are women, all are within 18 to 49, all were within the two week within two weeks of, of getting the dose. Uh, I think there is one death among those six. Um, so for a little perspective, there's about 7 million doses administered. So we are talking about a a, a tiny, teeny, tiny fraction. Uh, you're more likely to be hit by lightning by a lot, I believe, uh, than, than to have this happen. But, uh, the CDC has put a pause on it, which is tough, I think, (laughs) coming off of, as you said, the... J&J uh, manufacturing facility snafu and coming off of the kind of ongoing questions around the AstraZeneca vaccine and also blood clots. So I mean, um, I would say, Dan, that if you've ever certainly read the warnings on any medication. Yeah. That six blood clots, while nobody wants anybody to get any of these conditions. Yeah. Is very small in comparison to yes. a the risk and b the results of many other medications. I've had serious side effects of medications. Yeah, that they give out like candy. <laughs> the old medication bunny. So tossing them around. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean. So the FDA has said that they think the distribution of Johnson Johnson will resume in a couple of days. The best I can understand it is the blood clotting that they have found is a very rare form, and um, spe- and it's it's specifically a rare form that, if treated like a like the way you would normally treat a blood clot, actually makes it worse. And so it seems that the main uh, driver in all of this is to make sure they understand the correct treatment plan and get that information out before resuming the mm-hmm. doses, um, which I get. I was talking with... Uh, with someone earlier today who was like, it just feels like this is going to, you know, fuel anti-vax fire and all of that. Um, And it's like, well, they kind of are in a terrible set of choices, right? Either it's do this, which is the sort of letter of the law, pause it, make sure you know what's going on, make sure you've been able to communicate the correct treatments and, and, you know, affix this, or it's sort of, don't follow your own rules and maybe not quite tell everyone and like, well, that's going to hurt potentially worse. You know, it's, I think it's probably better to be the cautious and honest than the, uh, potentially dishonest in terms of, you know, the shit bags are going to be shit bags either way. So do it in the way that you can kind of point to the fact that you are taking the, the, the road, that is potentially more difficult than uh, than the other one. My mother, there's some new people moved in next door. They've been, I guess, there for about a year or two. Like yeah, we think of them as the new the new neighbors because sure. the old neighbors had been there for like sixty years or something. Yeah, they'll be the new neighbors forever. And she, my mom, saw them outside and just kind of called over, like, "Hey, how you doing? How you going?" 
and they were like, Hey, hi, how is it? And she's like, Oh, you're getting your vaccine soon. And they said, Oh, we're not, we're not doing that. Oh, we don't, we don't believe in that. Mm. Um, they go to a kind of big local, local mega, mega church where yeah. the, the mega church has been like, don't get the vaccine. Oh, good. So they are not getting the vaccine as the church suggested, which is perfect. Yeah. Nurse mom just quietly sank back into the depths of the house. <laughs> like, okay, Your nurse well. mom was like, well, nice meeting you new neighbors. I'm never talking to you again. I'm just going to go back inside and just quietly think about things for a while. Yeah. You know uh, what's real bad for blood clots, Maureen Johnson? What? COVID. Yeah, yeah, it is. My, I, my mom has encountered several anti-vaxxers now. Yeah, well, you you're you 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 come from Bucks County, Pennsylvania. I do, which uh, was sort of famous in the last election. Of uh, they did actually go Biden, but it was uh, it's a real, real hotbed it's, of so Trumperville we, too. It's also where the Trump store was. That right? Uh, it's where a lot of it's where a lot of shitbaggery occurs. Um, my aunt, as it turns out, is against getting the vaccine, and my mom. It's the aunt that. Kill the bird from no, smoking? No, no, Aunt Clara has been gone a long time. This is a, this is a- Rest this her is, smoky soul. Oh, she smokes so much, Dan. I should, uh, she's, she's going to have at least two chapters dedicated to her in the book. Which I've it. started. Yeah. Haven't gotten that far on, but I have started it. You guys, please keep me honest. And this is my goal. So um, once I kind of get through a lot of the- business of this year i've been kind of behind on writing but if every once in a while you'd be like hey maureen do that thing i'd, I'd really appreciate it i got you she was the only I'll smoker's rights person i ever really met oh good perfect eh, they don't want me to smoke but i'm gonna smoke you know what kid yeah that'll show them that's actually how they all spoke to me i was hey kid hey oh you don't like my smoke well <sighs> Ah, uh, you're moving over there. You don't like my smoke, huh? <sighs> I saw someone today that was like, we have in a generation completely changed all social norms around smoking and have massively reduced the number of people smoking. And Anyone that thinks doing something similar around gun violence or police violence or both, let's go with, uh, needs to remember that this was a thing that literally nobody ever thought could be done. And also, everybody smoked. (laughs) Everybody smoked. Everybody smoked and they smoked everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. My high school had a smoking courtyard. For the students. Yeah, I saw a lot of, we didn't have that because we weren't allowed to do anything. Right. Um, And I believe that there was a rule that we could not be seen smoking in uniform or smoking even out of uniform within two blocks of the school, I think was the official rule. Got it. So any smokers basically, you know, if you were in your own home areas, but. It, but our school was the exception to the rule. A lot of them had smoking lounges. People smoked in the parking lot. My family was entirely, my mother was the only complete non-smoker. Yeah. Had no tolerance for it whatsoever. My father smoked when I was a kid. I would, as a little toddler, I would pick up his cigarette packs and put them in the trash. Yep. Apparently I was slightly, it, they, they would see me trundle up and just dump it in the trash and then he'd have to go get it out of the trash can. <laughs> Because um, I didn't want him to smoke, so I did the only thing a three-year-old knows how to do, there and that's go. just pick it up and put it in the trash. Yeah, All my, my mom, my mom smoked like a chimney till I was in like middle school or very yeah. close to middle school. All your aunts and uncles and family and friends, they'd sit around, and they'd smoke and drink oh, coffee. Yeah. Like their houses were just permeated with the cons. My grandmother gave up smoking at the age of eighty. Wow. She decided, she was like, I'm just not going to smoke anymore. It's not good for me. Wow. 
that's some hardcore bullshit. And that, that is, is that's some good stuff. But yeah, she gave it up at 80. But yeah, they all it, smoked. It is amazing to me how much is still sort of imprinted on me from that moment. Like, so I was trying to explain this to the teen the other day when we were unwrapping a new board game and the thin cellophane that wraps around a deck of cards mm-hmm. with the little peel that you you the like little plastic tab peel that you pull to then extract it is the exact same thing that wrapped a pack of cigarettes. And I had to do that for my mom so many times that it's still I think about it every time. Pull the little gold strip. And yeah, this is pull a- that little strip and pull it around and then pop the little cellophane top off and slide the bottom off. That is that is forever, apparently, because it has been a few decades now uh, imprinted on me. We would take because my grandmother, and my aunt Clara the, with the birds uh, didn't drive. A lot of women and they're they're just their husbands drove. They never drove. Yeah. So my mom would take them to the grocery store. It would be this like once every two weeks, we would take both grandma and aunt to the grocery store, and it was a slow process. And I was the little kid that was like trundling around with them, like super bored, like looking for nothing to listen to or look at, just kind of wandering the grocery store, which is how I made up all my grocery store games, um, where I would pretend I was being chased by lobsters and stuff. But they would. They would say, okay, you know, forgive me something to do. They'd have me go to another aisle and get something to put in the cart. And they would always, and one of the things they would always send me to do is go get two carton, go get two cartons of cools for grandma. Yeah. And so I would like seven years old going over to the counter going, can I have two cartons of cools? And they would just, here you go, Ken, hand yeah. me over two cartons of cigarettes, not packs, cartons. cartons. And then you just carry them over and put them in the cart. That was the preferred volume of cigarette to purchase back then. Yeah. That was like, before they started taxing the shit out of them. Yeah. You buy them by the carton because you just keep giant stores of them at home. Oh, yeah. You could buy them from vending machines. Yeah. Basically, anybody could buy them and everything stank. Like you became yeah. nose blind to it because it was just everywhere. If you worked in a bar or a restaurant. Everything was smoky. Everyone's houses were smoky. Everything smelled like smoke constantly. Yeah. I remember coming back from shows, concerts and things. Oh. And like fully stripping down yeah. on yeah. our back porch. You leave your clothes to, outside. Yeah. Just to make sure that they did not stink up everywhere. Yeah. You have to You take the jacket off. You hang it in the bathroom maybe and look yeah. the window open or you leave it out the side if it's not too, you know, it's not wet or something because those clothes stank forever. Yeah. So, yeah. and this is not 7,000 years ago, guys. No. No. This is, what, the last 15, 20 years? Yeah. I mean, that it really just suddenly was like, no, don't. Yeah. So it's pot, like... It's interesting because I had forgotten that and forgotten how sort of recent it was and realized that, you know, another world is possible. Yeah. And, you know, in the fucking shadow of yet another cop killing yet another black man in the Twin Cities area. Happening in the shadow of the trial of the cop that killed George Floyd last summer. And then on top of that, there was a school shooting. In Knoxville. Oh, right. Right. You know, just horror on top of horror on top of horror. It is uh, it is good to remember that it is actually possible to change things that feel intractable. Dan, let's have a more, more into Facebook corner for a moment. Oh, let's. <laughs> you know, can I have theme music for Maureen's Facebook corner <laughs> at some point? <laughs> Someone, if someone sends us some. Yes. If you make music, do you make music for Maureen's Facebook corner where Maureen just talks about how she goes on Facebook, looks at stuff from people from high school, not the people that she's normally, not any of you guys listening because she knows who you are. (laughs) It's not you guys. And you know, and also you guys know who I'm talking about probably, but (laughs) I just kind of go, I just go looking around like what's everybody up to? Um, and I found that this person from high school in my class, not somebody I really know, her husband makes woodworks, like custom woodworks with like 
your name burned into them or like, you know, you know what I mean? Like woodcraft stuff. And one of his signature objects is a bedside, like a, a it's a man's bedside stand. Okay. So it's got like a little stand, a little thing for your phone, place to put sure. your wallet and your change. And then just a place to put your gun. Yeah, you know. Literally, it's a gun holster, phone holder, wallet holder that you can have things like, I love the USA burned into or whatever. But for not your bed. For next to your bed. So not Perfect. only are they suggesting that you should have a gun, but that you shouldn't keep it locked in a gun safe. Right. Or somewhere that it's inaccessible to children or during domestic disputes or whatever, it should yeah. be left out in a woodworking thing. Sure. Next to your bed. So you yeah. can, these people have tremendous fantasies of being in a gunfight with a robber wearing a black and white striped shirt. Yes. From a yeah. Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah. I mean, the, the easier way to say it is they have fantasies of murdering a human. Yes. And they have fantasies of how things go down. Right. Like they they will they will enact a scenario with which they are forced to murder that human, but they are yeah. excited about the prospect of murdering that human. And I think that's what really when I see something like that, I I've tried to really drill down and think about it. And that's all I ever do with my Facebook corner is I look and then I drill down and think and then I opt again never to put and that's why I never post. <laughs> because I just look, I see, I think, I like the good stuff, and then I fuck off. Because no one wants to hear me go, well, this is some bullshit. Like, I don't want to just be the person that goes on there and complains, so I just leave. Which I think but, is finally me taking something approaching a high road. But, but it seems like the highest road is just to unfollow them shits. I'm not, unfo I'm not following them. <laughs> That's the thing, is I'm not following oh, right. them. right. The algorithm just fucking surfaces shit No, for you. I look. <laughs> because I'm a maniac. Oh, no. Because I want to see what's up. All right. That is not the high road, then, if you are actively seeking this out. I don't post. I don't reply or anything. I just see. That's all. <laughs> know what they're up to, Dan, on Facebook Corner. But, you know, the one that posted the little thing, like, you're welcome in my house, and you're allowed to say what you want, and there won't be any political correctness. And f and the f my favorite sentence firearms are welcomed and encouraged like what's mm, going perfect. on what's yeah. going on and i i think about this then and i realize how deep their fantasy life is and how yeah. cartoonish it is yeah and how this belief that they need this gun is is definitely a like a bugs bunny level <laughs> like what they think happens and the reality of what reality of what happens when you have your firearm in the house what's it going to be used for uh, domestic violence. Yep. Suicide. Yep. Accidents. Yep. Uh, children will, will shoot themselves or others. Yep. Um, kids will take them into schools. Yep. What they generally aren't used for is shoot out with quote unquote bad guys. Right. You are more likely to injure yourself or be injured with your own firearm. Of the three people I know who've, who've died by, uh, at the end of a firearm, it has been with their own firearm in their own house. One of what one case was a suicide and the other case was an act of domestic violence in which someone got the gun and killed his mother and his girlfriend. Jesus. So that's the, but that's the more common reality of what happens when you have a gun in your house. He yeah. picked up an unsecured gun and he shot his girlfriend after having an argument with her and then was startled by his mother and he shot her. That's the reality. And the deep fantasy nature and this, you know, side by, you know, gun holster by your bed. And it's a cartoon. Oh, yeah. It's like an evil. It's, if you've ever seen that scary evil cartoon in the Twilight Zone movie from the early 80s, which terrified me so much as a child, it's just a, they make these scary. It's don't don't. I can't even think about it because it scares me so much. <laughs> oh, but no. it's like an evil cartoon. And they but they have like a bugs. I keep saying it, but it is. It's such a simple and inaccurate version of reality. Yeah. And the reality is, like, what in the case of this most recent shooting of a black man who was putting up an air freshener in his car? Yeah. Um, the police officer was reaching for her taser. Mm. I, I, I get question mark. Yeah. Lots of question marks here. Why was she going to tase him? Right. How did she? 
but she picks up her gun instead of her taser and fight. That's the reality. And that's if we believe the official story, which feels as fucking flimsy as could humanly be possible, right? This is a 26-year vet on the force. Mm -hmm. This is actually someone who was at that traffic stop as a training instructor Mm. for new people to somehow mistakenly pick up your service weapon instead of the taser that is like, an entirely different shape, color, weight. The hilt length is different. Like every part of it is different. And to like, it is, it is a, you know, one of the things that is true about the cops is that they fucking lie, right? If they are in a position where they are in the wrong, the, the absolute reflexive response is to lie, as we have seen over and over and over again. And this feels as absolute cover your own ass as possible to build a narrative that a a vet cop on a traffic stop somehow confused her gun and her taser and fired the gun And that somehow that is an explanation that they think will hold water in any way, shape or form is fucking nuts to me. Also, at this point, how do you reform a system in which violence against black people is so baked in and is now a functioning part of the system to the point where you have structures in place for when you do it? Right. Yeah. You know, I mean... The police force, especially around the Twin Cities, but across the country, has had a fucking year to prove that they're reformable. And at every possible step along the way has proved the opposite. You know, like this is not something that you can reform. It's it. It incenses me. Absolutely incenses me. To think that this is. This is not a, this is a feature, not a bug. Yeah. You know, it is not a series of mistakes that just keep happening. You know, it is. And and then the, the explanation of like, well, just follow directions. And it's like, you know what? Just let someone fucking go and pick them up later. You know, if that's the problem, if, if. You should never die because you were stopped for a fucking air freshener. Whatever you did in that process, none of it should result in your death. And also, I'm not, why should you follow the directions of someone who, if they approach you, can't tell the difference right. between a, a taser and a gun or one yeah. object and another or might freak out and crush your neck? Yeah. Yeah. You get away from that person because they're not stable or reliable or able to handle the responsibility of their position in any way. Yeah. And you do the sensible thing and you get the fuck away from them. Yeah. 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 (sighs) So anyway, Dan and Maureen have feelings about this matter. (laughs) We do. But it just... do. The very simplistic nature of you know, I'll be frank with you, Dan. It's the same people that I see defending um, clergy abuse. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're so they're so um, cooked into the system. Like, well, you know, we have this system. Right. Well, okay. Your system does this, 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 and this. Right. But your your reasoning is, but it's our system. Right. So yeah. what if we shoot seemingly only black people. Right. So what if someone, if there's a the mass sexual assault of children, but it's our thing. And we made a, we made a, a lawn flag about it. Right. How are we supposed to give up our lawn flag? Right. Well, I have a bumper sticker on my car. You can't take something like that back. Right. You know, yeah, that's how it works. There is a um, there's a book that I just got 
uh, by Nate Powell. It is a graphic novel. He is the artist that did the uh, did the artwork for uh, John Lewis's March trilogy. Um, and he is a, a white guy, Southerner, uh, actually former Punk Planet reader, he told me a few years ago, which was kind of cool. Um, but anyway, this is like a, a it's a autobiographical graphic novel uh, about sort of about the time period in his life just post March coming out. But what it really is about is sort of about the rise of Trump and about the rise of Trumpism and white supremacy and wrestling with the legacy of white supremacy and the rise of white supremacy as a white Southern man and parent of kids and kind of talking about how to deal with kids. And it is, it is a, it is one of the toughest reads I have ever had. Like I finished it and I said to Janice, I'm like, I don't know that I liked this, right? Like I, it was very hard to read huh. over the couple of nights that I read it uh, because it is, um, you know, it is, it faces a lot of hard things face on and, you know, it is, uh, but it is, it is worth reading uh, without a doubt. And, it, you know, I've, I've been thinking about it a lot in the last few days because it's just like, this is, this is the problem that we are dealing with in this country it is, is a problem that both feels new in that it has you know, it has reemerged in a form that feels sort of different. And it is also a form that is not new in any way, shape or form. Uh, I also think, and I, I don't know if this is true. It's just a feeling I get is that people think that policing is older than it is and that yeah. it's more fixed yeah. when in fact it was police as we know them were invented fairly recently in history. Yeah. And it, say in the case of England, where you have like the Bow Street Runners and the first formation of the Metropolitan Police, um, the idea of policing in England is policing by consent. With the consent of the public. Now, you can get into the, the, the details of UK policing. There's yeah. a lot to talk about. But they do not have guns on the beat. They have um, armed units. But most police officers do not carry weapons. Right. And that is this very, you know, they're not militarized. And the history of how we've taken policing in the U.S., uh, our use of weapons, our, our history of like policing in the cities. Yeah. Has been one that has been riddled with corruption from the get. <laughs> Yeah. And has been in inextricable from white supremacy yeah. from the get as well. Yeah. Part and parcel. Yeah. So if you want, you you don't have a good, you're not building on a good tradition. No. It's never no. been a good system. No. It's, no. So, and you act like, well, we can't, we've always done it. You haven't always done it this way. And this, the, the thing that you have always done this way has always been bad. Right. It's, yeah. It's not like, oh, this is suddenly markedly, it's been some wild change. Yeah, it's like it's always... you have a monster and you're like, well, we feed the monster. We've always fed the monster. Right. I don't know. Maybe yeah, don't sure, feed the, the monster. monster sometimes goes and eats people. But we feed the monster. Yeah. We've always, the, we have always lived in the castle. Ah. <laughs> uh... uh... That's my summation. A deep, and weary sigh. When we when it was the double barrel of that yesterday, Dan, the shooting of black men and a school shooting. I was like, well, I guess we're back to business. Well, the 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 wild thing about that school shooting, I have to say, I had a very very busy work day yesterday, and I got a text partway through it from Janice confirming whether or not a friend of ours lived in Knoxville, and I was like, yeah, why? And she was like, oh, there's been a shooting. And then I worked for, I would say, two more hours after that. And I, it didn't even, at that point, it had already passed. Like, I have not, like, I f completely forgot any of that happened until you brought it up. Mm -hmm. And I look at many, many news sources across the course of a day. Uh, and yeah, it had, like, we have already reached that point. 
where shootings are a momentary blip and then we move on. School shootings are so common here in the U.S. Again, just a little historical note from Dan and Maureen, who are apparently 10,000 years old, except we're not. We never had a school shooting drill. We never That wasn't a thing. Yeah. There was very recently, it was not a thing. Yeah. It became a thing when the gun lobby started pushing. We grew this at home. Yep. And we grew it recently. Yeah. They're so common. I write for kids. I write for teenagers. I have DM'd with a kid who was hiding under a desk during Jesus a school shooting. Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Literally, they were in the middle of a school shooting. <laughs> I'm DMing with a kid who's hiding under a desk, sheltering from a gunman. Wow. It's just not that uncommon. No. No. That's a fucked up thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your kids know about running in zigzag patterns and... Oh, yeah. They have multiple... Mul- they have different... They have they have um, drills for different scenarios. They have the, you know, the shelter-in-place drill. They have the lock-your-door drill. They have the everyone-hide-in-the-corner drill. Like, they have multiple types of drills. I remember... I think now they call them... They have, na- like shelter in place and things like that but when the teen was young they were all uh they were all color coded but none of them were like code red you know so it was like he would come home and be like oh we had a code white test this uh you know today and we were like what what's that and he was like oh that's the one where like everyone goes and hides in a corner away from the door and it was like oh jesus fucking christ mm-hmm. yeah yeah, my mo- I was one of the reasons I was very glad that my mother retired from school nursing because I knew, oh, her body will be on the line. Yeah. She will definitely be one of the people running. Yeah. Because she's also the first person that has to go and treat anyone that's wounded. Jesus. So she that was part of her preparations <sighs> was having to go and triage shooting victims. Welcome to Maureen and Dan's Happy Fun Corner. Hey, listen, you guys. <laughs> We'll talk about books and stuff, but I mean, I don't know. I guess don't let me look at Facebook. Well, yes. Stop fucking searching these people's names. I want to know what's going on, Dan. But you don't need to. I do. I do, Dan. You can can know what's going on anywhere else. No, Dan. You know what? It also motivates me to write my, because it turns me back into, like, gets me back in the mindset where I'm like, I got to write my book. Oh boy. Feels like there's gotta be a better way. Uh the the oyster must be irritated to produce the pearl, Dan. Oh boy. Oh boy. My writing motive. People are like, why do you write? I'm like, that ah, largely because I'm irritated. Okay. It's sort of what moves me. Yeah. I buy that. So, you know, some people are like, ah, the muse. I'm like, eh, it's more like an annoyance. I just got to tell you about this thing. I want to tell you, and we are, I'm looking at the clock and realizing, so I have started a different book this week. I I have had a funny thing where, and you mentioned this a, a few, mo- uh, like a month or two ago, but suddenly I can read again. Mm-hmm. I have hit that point. And for me, reading is doubly tricky because I have some eye problems. And so reading, especially at the end of the day, is actually not easy for me um, and has basically been impossible for me for the last year. Um, and suddenly now I'm like, oh, I can read. I want to read things. Um, anyway, I just last night started um, a book by a woman named Beth Pickens called Make Your Art No Matter What. She is actually a uh, she is a like a ther- like an, a therapist for artists mm-hmm. is her whole thing. Uh, anyway, she has this book and it is uh, a number of friends of mine actually are like clients of hers and things like that. And so I was like, oh, I should check this out. And she had this idea in it, like some of it, it's, it there's a level of sort of self-help that I can't quite handle. And then there are also things where I'm like, oh, this is actually a useful tip. And one of the ones she had, which I think I'm going to implement, which is designate one day a month, which she suggests if you have flexibility in your schedule just choose the day that is your birthday right um to be the day that you block out 
for taking care of yourself. So, uh, you know, from things like making your dental appointments for that day or your doctor's appointments for that day to, you know, that's the day that you do some sort of like long form journaling on kind of areas that you want to be moving into or you do a little self analysis. And I was like, man, this is great. I'm going to do that. What I need to do that. I'm going to write this down. What's it called? It's, it just came out. It's called Make Your Art No Matter What. Okay. Uh, and uh, I think it just came out this week or last week. And um, it was such a good idea that I uh, I was like, I'm doing that. I'm going to do it on my birthday. And then I looked at the calendar. Tomorrow would be the numerical day of, uh, you know, my birthday this month. So I don't think I'm going to do it tomorrow because I have other shit going on. But um, But I love this idea of like literally just like scheduling a day for yourself to do human maintenance like maintenance on your human body and brain i like it i'm into it or you can look at facebook no don't do that yes you don't like my smoke dad (sighs) 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 smoking is so gross it really is did you ever smoke no i no. I, like I said, I grew up with a mother that chain smoked Mm. and I found the whole thing so disgusting. I still have extremely vivid memory of a child, being a child at breakfast, having a bowl of Cheerios in front of me and her turning, exhaling and the smoke hitting the surface of the Cheerio bowl and then coming up and over the sides of the bowl. And it uh, is gross. (laughs) No, I uh, I never did. It was no. I I I secondhand smoked for the first, you know, 10 years of my life. I don't don't ever need to. I was a theater person. Sure. Which meant that I was for a short time. Clove cigarettes, I would bet. No. Oh. No. Camel lights. There you go. Was that during the Joe Camel advertising phase? Probably. Uh, I never collected the Joe Camel. But that, but it would have been during that period. Probably. Yeah. I seem to remember that being a thing, but. Again, we're, we're 7,000 years old, but there was a period of time, uh, people that don't remember that, uh, Camel Cigarettes created a cartoon character, cool Camel cartoon character that eventually they had to stop running because there were like internal uh, enough lawsuits surfaced internal messaging where they were like, this test big with kids. So they were like, that's perfect. You could smoke in hospitals. Sure. Well, why not? There were like, you know, places in the ER with ashtrays. Perfect. Good. <laughs> they just put an ashtray on your belly while they're working on you. I would bet you that they had, I will ask my mom about this, but I would bet that they allowed... I don't know. I mean, if your room didn't have an oxygen tank or anything, they must have allowed for patients to smoke if Probably. they were. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I know that they have kind of allowances for various things. Like if people are. I don't know, Dan. <laughs> Says who is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who, where every Sunday you get a new episode if you give at the $5 or $10 a month levels, and that $10 a month level also gets you a sticker in the mail every month. This is, that is, honestly, Maureen Johnson, the Says Who Sticker Club is one of my favorite projects I have ever done. You do tremendous work. It is, it is fun every month for me. Anyway, $10 a month gets that sticker sent to you. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo was designed by Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at SaysWhoPodcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash Says Whovians. So many people sharing Vax photos that it's almost hard to keep up. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. If you want to join the fan-run Discord server, which will be having a box in the woods special thing visit tinyurl.com slash says who discord spread the word subscribe please leave stars and reviews on apple podcasts or wherever you listen we love reading your reviews so write them because we will read them and we will be happy unless they're mean so don't write those join us next wednesday 
April 21st, somehow, for our next episode. From my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. And I am Maureen Johnson. And this has been Says Who.